0: Here is something that most of us who drive cars probably rarely think about or may not even know about, and it's the fact that when we buy gasoline, we are at the same time buying a piece of highway construction or highway repair because there is a tax, a federal tax on gasoline, and it's from that tax that the federal government draws the majority of the funds it uses when it sets out on its mission of repairing our roads and keeping our highways and bridges in tip-top shape at least in theory. I say in theory because we all know, if we've been on the roads lately, that they are not in very good condition, that they are full of potholes. And when I point out that this tax has not been raised in 20 years, it seems the question becomes, well, is it time to raise it? Or is there some better way to restore to our roads the smooth driving experience that many of us consider almost part of the American dream? Well, that sounds like the makings of a debate, so let's have it. Yes or no to this motion. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. A debate from Intelligence Squared US. I'm John Donvan. We are at the Kaufman Music Center in New York City with four superbly qualified debaters on the stage who will argue for and against the motion. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. As always, our debate goes in three rounds, and then our live audience here in New York votes to choose the winner, and only one side wins. Our motion again, raise the federal gas tax to fund the infrastructure. Let's please welcome the team arguing for the motion. Let's welcome Shailen Batt. Shailen, you are uh, the executive director of the Colorado Department of Transportation. Prior to this, you worked in uh, Delaware's Department of Transportation. You served also at the Federal Highway Administration before you went out to Colorado. Um, The American Society of Civil Engineers Infrastructure Report Guard gave Colorado, where you now are in charge, they gave Colorado's bridges a C-grade, it gave its roads a D, it gave its mass transit a D+. Uh, we're just curious, what does what a bridge
1: look like that is an A? What's an A bridge? Uh, an A bridge is one that has a solid foundation, nice shoulders, preferably a Libra and enjoys long walks on the beach. <laughs> and since we're in Jersey, a, a nice A bridge should not be turned off by political considerations. <laughs> Well, we're
0: we're in Manhattan, but Jersey's a stone Close throw to New Jersey, away. Excuse me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Shailen Batt.
1: And Shailen, can you tell us who your partner is? Yes, this is uh, a great partner in transportation for us, Allison Black. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Black. Allison, you're also an
0: expert uh, coming from a different direction. You are Senior Vice President and Chief Economist at the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. Uh, The members of that organization are the people who design and build and maintain the nation's transportation network. You have been working on uh, bridges and roads uh, for 15 years, and you have led... Uh, I have here more than 75 studies on transportation funding. So when you're out on the road, out on a road trip with your family, does that feel like a vacation or does it just feel like more work going on? (laughs)
2: Well, you know, I'm probably one of the few people that actually gets excited when we come up to a construction work zone. Um, I love seeing the orange barrels. That's progress. But I, I don't know that my husband and uh, my four kids would agree with that. So, <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> Well, we'll have to see what they say after they hear the debate itself. Ladies and gentlemen, the team arguing for the motion. And that motion, again, is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. We have two debaters arguing against it. Please, let's welcome Adrian Moore. Adrian, you are vice president of policy at the Research, at the Reason Foundation, Uh, You've served on Congress's National Surface Transportation Infrastructure Financing Commission. Uh, You've also worked in California's Public Infrastructure Advisory Commission. You were the commissioner. Um, A long-term resident of California, more than 50 years, but not long ago, you moved to Florida. And we're just curious, how does the infrastructure in Florida differ from California's?
3: Well, let's just say I can... Drink out of my travel cup without going to the dry cleaner afterwards. <laughs>
0: in Florida, yes, it's a smoother ride in Florida. <laughs> much, much, much. They're going to be glad to hear that in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Adrian Moore.
3: <laughs> and Adrian Moore, your partner is my uh, not my cousin, but still awesome Steve Moore. Stephen Moore, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Stephen, you are also arguing against
0: the motion raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Second time you've debated with Intelligence Squared. Welcome back. You are a Fox News contributor. You are the distinguished visiting fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth. Prior to that, you wrote about the economy and public policy for the Wall Street Journal where you were on the editorial board. Now, you have said that both parties um, have an appetite for spending when it comes to infrastructure, but is one party
4: worse than the other asked the naive moderator to the
0: Fox (laughs) News contributor?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good question. Right now I'd probably say no. I mean, you probably have all heard that there's a big budget deal that was just hatched uh, yesterday that um, just massively increases spending across the board. Um, Some of you may be surprised that Republicans would agree to this. They're supposed to be the fiscally conservative party, but I've always said the reason I know Republicans are the pro-life party is they always find themselves in the fetal position, (laughs) and that's true uh, now more than ever before. Stephen Moore with the
0: surprise answer. Again, our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, and this is a debate on that motion, and that means that it is a contest. One side will win and one side will lose, and that determination will be made by you, our live audience here in New York City. By the time the debate has ended, you will have been asked to vote twice. Once before and once after you've heard the arguments and the team whose numbers move the most in percentage point terms between those two votes will be declared our winner. So let's have the preliminary vote. If you go to those keypads at your seat, take a look at the motion. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Push number one if you are in support of this motion. Number two if you are against it. And number three if you are undecided. You can ignore the other keys. They are not live. Um, And if you accidentally push the wrong button, just correct yourself, and the system will log in your last vote. And the way this works, uh, this is a new device for us. You hold down the button until you see the light comes on that confirms that your vote number has registered. It should be a matter of two or three seconds for that to work. Looks like... Everybody has completed that. Great. Okay, so we're going to move on. And remember how you voted now. I'll say it one more time. For us, victory is the team whose numbers changed the most in percentage point terms between the first and the second vote. So recall how you voted. Don't forget how you voted. Our motion is this. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. We are moving into round one. Round one, opening statements by each debater in turn. Those statements are uninterrupted. And they will last for seven minutes. Making his way now to the lectern to argue in support of this motion, I want to welcome again uh, Shailen Bott. He is – sorry, I lost my page here. Shailen Bott, he is Executive Director for the Colorado Department of Transportation. Before this, he led the Department of – Delaware's Department of Transportation and served at the Federal Highway Commission. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Shailen Bott.
1: So thank you very much. I appreciate all of you being here, and I want to thank the organizers uh, for having this debate. Uh, Not just because it's an important issue, but because my wife gave birth uh, to our second daughter about ten weeks ago, and uh, that was the best night of sleep I've had in a long time last night here in New York. So I will be asking for your support, uh, along with Allison, for raising the gas tax by ten cents. Uh, Now, in full disclosure, I want to admit that I prefer to pay less for gas. All right? I recognize that this, this initiative, while important, is not necessarily very popular. So I was trying to think back in my mind, when have I had to advocate for something that was uh, important to me but not very popular? And I go back to 1992 when I needed a date for prom. Right. Very important to me, not very popular. I hope I have more success here tonight. <laughs> so what else happened in 1992? Right? It was the last time that the federal gas tax had been raised. Now... If the gas tax had been indexed back in 1992 to inflation, just like many other things are, right, it would be about 10 cents higher today. But because of political inability to to take a tough vote on this issue, right, the gas tax has remained where it has been. So think about that, though, right? That 1992 dollar, its purchasing power has been cut more than in half. So a dollar today from 1992 is worth about 40 cents right? So skeptic of, skeptics of government often say, well, why can't, why can't government be more like business? Well, what business is out there taking in $1992 in revenue and paying out $2015? Could you pay your expenses right now, right, on what you were making in 1992, inflation adjusted? And other folks will say, well, you know, there are more cars on the road and they're burning more gas. Well, cars today are much more fuel efficient. Some cars don't even use any gas. So And more cars and trucks will mean more wear and tear on our highways. So the right thing to do is just to raise it, just like the cost of everything else has gone up. And as state DOTs, we are very focused on doing more with less and stretching those dollars further and further. In fact, if you look at state DOTs now, the vast majority of them have moved from expanding the system, even though there are places that still need capacity, to maintaining the assets that we have. Right, these are big, important uh, systems, and we need to maintain them. Unfortunately, and in Colorado, all of almost all of the money that we get goes to system preservation. Right, we're not expanding the system right now, but the money that we're putting into that system does not equal uh, a system that is improving. It's actually declining, and it's hard. It's a tough decision to say let that bridge or let that road go. It's not a good way to run a business. And government skeptics say things like, you know, why can't you do more with less? Why can't you be more efficient? I would argue we are doing more with less. We're doing a lot more with less. You know, we have changed, uh, we have shrunk our agencies. We have changed the techniques and technologies we use to extend the life of our roads. Uh, we repair bridges now in a weekend instead of taking months uh, to do that, right? But even though our, our systems are, are not expanding, the demands are growing ever more, You know, I was talking to one of our, uh, uh, you know, people on the other side earlier, and they said they lived in McLean, Virginia. If you think about McLean, Virginia, right, it has grown up with lots of subdivisions. People want signals. They want new lanes. A new signal can cost $100,000 up front, and then it must be maintained seven days a week, 365 days a year, right? So we can't keep doing more with less. If we don't raise the federal gas tax, we're going to have to do less with less, and that means the system is going to suffer. But it's not just about maintaining our system. You know, Colorado is going through an economic boom right now, thanks to Governor Hickenlooper. And, you know, but our interstate system is causing us to choke on that growth. So the interstate system was designed in the 1960s in Colorado for a population of the 1980s that they thought would be about 3.3 million. We're at 5.5 million people today. We're going to 8 million people in the next 20 years. Where are all those cars and drivers going to go, right? Are they going to sit on that existing system? So in Colorado right now, hundreds of thousands of motorists lose 40 hours a year out of their life sitting in congestion. Now, we have one project that's ready to go, just like there are projects across the country that could go, but for a lack of funding. And that project is to widen I-25. And it'll save lives, it'll reduce congestion, and that project will, at current funding levels, we'll get to that project in 2070. That means an entire generation of people will be born and likely die before we widen that roadway. Right? That's not a good way uh, to run a system. And it's not just about roadways. So here on the north, in the Northeast, where I used to work, I worked on the Northeast Corridor Commission. This is the, the trains that run from Washington, D.C. to Boston. And to call that system antiquated would be polite. Right? There's a tunnel in Baltimore that was built in the 1870s. Trains have to go through it at 30 miles an hour. Right? There's, a, there's, a, there's a major bridge that takes 30 uh, men and women to open by hand right? That doesn't sound terribly efficient. The bridge on the River Kwai was more modern, right? We desperately need a new tunnel underneath the Hudson to relieve train congestion here in New York. And people say, well, let the states pay for it. It's $10 billion. New Jersey says, we can't afford it. Let New York pay for it. New York says, we can't afford $10 billion. That's why you need a properly funded federal system. And this has profound impacts on our country, I am the son of immigrants, right? And I can remember people talking about moving to this country because they thought that the streets were paved with gold, right? And our transportation system used to be the envy of the world up until a very recent time. But in a very short period of time, it has changed dramatically. Now, many of you have probably flown internationally, right? If you fly into Newark or LAX from uh, Mumbai, Dubai, Shanghai, right, are you flying into an airport that shouts American primacy? Or are you thinking that the infrastructure I left was actually kind of nicer than the one we have here? And that has profound impacts for our country. And it's something we need to consider when we think about, well, that's tough. It's a tough vote to take. We used to be able to build great things in this country. But in the last few years, this partisan uh, politics has, has frozen our ability to raise the gas tax or do much of anything. You know, but to those who say that this is a partisan issue, you know, transportation used to be a bipartisan rallying cry. Even libertarians could uh, point to the words of Adam Smith, who said in The Wealth of Nations that infrastructure was one of the few things that government should invest in. Ronald Reagan, the patron saint of the Republican Party, raised the gas tax, right? And he said in 1982, we simply cannot allow this magnificent system to deteriorate beyond repair. The bridges and highways we fail to repair today will have to be rebuilt tomorrow at many times the cost. It was true in '82, and it's true today. But I would close with the words of Adrian Moore, who is across the stage tonight, who, after participating in that commission, which recommended a 10-state gas tax increase in 2009, said, I'm not excited about a gas tax increase, but the reality is our current gas tax doesn't pay for the upkeep of the system. We can either let the roads go to hell or we can pay more in gas tax. So join me, join Allison, and join Adrian. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Salem Buck.
0: And our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here to make his opening statement against the motion, I want to welcome to the lectern Stephen Moore, distinguished visiting fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth, and Fox News contributor, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Moore. Thank you.
4: Well, uh, thanks a lot. I didn't know it was three against one. (laughs) But it's it's great to be here. Um, Yeah. Look, I'm uh, I'm pro-roads, I'm pro-bridges, I'm pro-highways, I'm pro-electric grid, I'm pro-infrastructure, I'm pro-cars, uh, and I'm pro-growth. So I don't think there's any of us who would disagree. We do need a renovation and modernization of our transportation system in this country. There's no question about it. I think we would all agree with that. Um, the question is really how best do we fund that? Um, and I would make the argument that instead of... Raising the gas federal gasoline tax, we should we should reduce the federal gasoline tax. And and what we ought to do is use the money lower the federal gasoline tax from eighteen cents a gallon to some of the neighborhood of five cents a gallon to pay for the interstate. High, but look, there's you're exactly right. There's forty two thousand miles of interstate highways in this country. It is one of the great triumphs uh, of our country. But you know what? The interstate highway system was completed many 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 years ago. It was completed in the mid nineteen eighties. Uh, Now it's basically a system that just needs to be uh, kept up. We need to continue to... Um, you know, fix the potholes and so on. But that's a lot cheaper than it is to build the system in the first place. So what I ought to do is devote about five cents of federal gasoline tax to modernizing um, our, our interstate highway system. And the rest of the money, uh, the, reduce the uh, federal gasoline tax and let every state raise its gas tax as is appropriate. So in Colorado, you could raise your gas tax to pay for your roads. In Illinois, my home state, we, we pay for the projects that we want to. And this gets to the point that uh, Robert... Um, that Bob Rosen's crowns made, which is that the gas tax is, I agree with them—it it is an efficient tax. It's not as efficient as we would like. There's probably better ways now to finance, um, finance roads than than the uh, gas tax, but it's a pretty d- good uh, user fee system. But it's not a very good user fee system if I have to pay a gas tax living in Virginia to pay for roads and transit projects and, and other uh, things in California. It doesn't make sense. The people in California should pay for those, and that's what I would, uh, would favor. And by the way, many states, it is It is true that the federal gasoline tax has not been raised in many, many years, but states do raise their gas tax as voters – Demand better roads and so on. By the way, there are also times when voters say we don't want to raise the gas tax. So in Michigan, for example, there was a major um, referendum uh, about eighteen months ago where they were going to raise the gas tax for roads and other projects, and it was it was defeated eighty to twenty. The voters said no, we don't want to pay higher gas taxes. Gas taxes come right out of the pocketbook of Americans, and every time you raise the federal gasoline tax by one penny, it takes a billion dollars, one billion dollars out of the pockets of consumers. So um, I would say that there's a couple of other inefficiencies with the federal gas tax that if we get rid of these inefficiencies, we wouldn't have to raise the gas tax at all. For the most important one uh, that we need to the most important problem we need to redress right now is that when you pay your federal gasoline tax, many of you are probably not aware of this, but only about 75 cents of every dollar you pay in federal gasoline taxes goes to paying for roads and bridges and highways. Wow! that's a smart. What happens? The other $0.25, cents, right? And the answer is, the other $0.25 cents goes to other types of systems that have nothing to do with roads and bridges and highways. The people use the, uh, use the highway system. So a big percentage of that goes to transit projects. Now, look, you have transit. New York City is one of the few places in America where actually transit probably does make sense. I'm from Washington, D.C., where transit makes sense. But most, most other cities' transit is extraordinarily inefficient. More people in this country walk to work than use transit. So it's not a very good good system of transporting people from one uh, destination to another. And even if it is, the people who use the transit system should pay for the transit through the fees that they pay and, and the, the cost of riding the system. There's certainly no reason why somebody who's driving their car should have to pay for people who use transit. And if we do that, and by the way, there's also a lot of this money that gets intercepted by just ridiculous projects. I mean, I, I live in Virginia where we, we built a, an extension of our transit project out to Dulles Airport I don't know how to get out there. It is probably the most absurd transportation project in American history. Nobody's riding it. It costs $6 billion. For one-tenth of the cost, we could have built just one more lane of highway, and we could have gotten rid of all the congestion problems. You also have things like the California um, train to nowhere that probably many of you are aware of. It's a $70 billion uh, project. Very few people are going to ride this train. It's paid for with uh, federal money, and there's no way California would have ever paid for it if the people who in California had to pay for it it themselves, but they said, yeah, let's build this because we're going to get money from other states. Those are inefficiencies. And what I'm t- what telling you is that if we simply devoted every single penny of federal gasoline tax at 18 cents a gallon to building roads, we wouldn't have, a pro- we wouldn't have any of the problems that you just heard about. That's all we have to do. And, and this gets to the user pays idea. People who use roads should pay for them, and they should pay through, for them through the federal gasoline tax, but people who who are um, using the roads shouldn't have to pay for other things that they're not using. Um, one of the things that you brought up was efficiency. And I, it, I just did a big study comparing Cal, uh, Texas and California and the way that they spend money. And it turns out there is actually massive inefficiency in the way roads are bridges, roads are built in this country. And, and it has to do a lot of th- with, um, you know, labor laws, environmental laws, and things like that. But let me just give you an example. So in Texas, it costs about $100,000 per mile to build or repair a road. $100,000 a mile. In California, where you were from, it costs 250 to 300,000 dollars. It costs two to three times more to build a mile of highway. So I, I would submit to you, there are a lot of ways to sweat out inefficiencies and cost excesses, uh, and it would be more likely to happen if states had to pay for it themselves than if they got federal money. There's one other bugaboo out there that needs to be addressed. And that is, if we were to repeal something called the Davis-Bacon Act, which is a law that requires uh, kind of a super minimum wage that's paid on road projects. It's essentially a a, a law that benefits the unions. If we were to simply allow these projects to be competitively bid, uh, we could substantially reduce the cost of federal road building. And if we did that, let me put it very simply. If we simply get rid of Davis-Bacon Act, for every four bridges that we build now, we get a fifth one for free. We get a fifth one for free. For every highways we build, for every four um, roads that we build, we get a fifth one for free. Why wouldn't we want to do that? And before we do things like raise people's taxes, why don't we do things like repeal the Davis-Bacon Act that will make roads more efficient? And finally, we are moving into a new age of transportation, and that new age is going to involve things like the Google car, and it's going to involve things like um, tolling and things like that, that that are going to make, in my opinion, the gas tax um, obsolete, Stephen Moore. It's not, not going to be a good way to, to uh, uh, up. fund roads anyway. Thank you, Stephen
0: so thank Moore. You, A reminder of what's going on. We are halfway through the opening round of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate where our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. I'm John Donvan. We have four debaters, two teams of two, arguing for and against. You have heard the first two opening statements and now on to the third. Debating for the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, I'd like to welcome Allison Black, Senior Vice President and Chief Economist for the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Black.
2: Thank you very much. I think if we're going to have a debate about raising the federal gas tax and asking users to pay more, we also have to talk about the benefits that they'll get from that increase in investment in our highway and bridge program, as well as the challenges we're going to face as a country if we do not make those needed investments. So raising the federal gas tax means increasing investment to repair and reconstruct the highways and bridges that are the backbone of our economy, It also means increasing investment in transit, which provides mobility choices to millions of Americans every day and also gets cars off of our congested roadways. It also means raising uh, or increasing employment and economic output in every state, as well as, most importantly, we're also talking about saving lives. Uh, Roadway conditions are a factor in about a third of all highway fatalities in this country. And when we make investments to improve our roads and bridges, we significantly can help reduce that number. So I want to talk tonight about how the national uh, transportation system is the foundation of our economy, and why federal investment is so important to that, and how the federal gas tax is also a sustainable source of revenue over the next 10 to 20 years. And when we're talking about investing in our federal highway system, these are the roads and bridges that are key to our national economy. We're not talking about filling a pothole in your neighborhood street. This is investment that has to go towards our interstate highway system, our national highway system, the roads that connect our airports, uh, our ports, and those highways that make just-in-time delivery possible. So these are the major roads. And just to give you an idea of how important that national system is to our entire economy, over half of all the seaborne cargo in the United States comes through two ports, the port of Los Angeles and the port of Long Beach. Now, about 23% of those goods are going to stay in Southern California But the rest of them are shipped to every state in the country. They go by rail. They also go by truck. And in this country, over 70% of our freight is shipped by truck. So that national system is absolutely essential to getting goods and services across our country into the economy that we have. The federal program is extremely important as well because it ensures that states are making investments in that national system. 25% of the roads in this country are eligible for federal aid for the program that we're talking about that's supported by the federal gas tax. But those roads carry 85% of our total traffic. And in terms of how states are spending their money, the Government Accountability Office did a study last year where they looked at state program spending of their federal dollars. 90% of the money was going towards capital outlays and safety improvements, and capital outlays are construction, right of way, and engineering. So states are making significant investments and they get to choose which projects where their money is going. The federal gas tax is also a sustainable revenue source over the next 10 to 20 years. Now, total volume of traffic in this country is going to be growing by about 1% a year. That's a forecast from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Now, while cars are becoming more fuel efficient, overall, what matters for the federal gas tax and the money raised is the total volume of fuel that we're consuming in this country. So even though cars are becoming more fuel efficient, people are driving more. So those two things are going to offset each other. And the forecast is that our fuel consumption, while it is going down, it's by about half a percent to 1% a year. So that is a very manageable, small change. We're not going to see wild swings in fuel consumption because of more fuel efficient cars, even though our fleet is turning over gradually. When you look at state spending on all of those capital outlays I mentioned, uh, which, again, construction, right-of-way, and engineering, federal money accounts for, on average, 52% of that spending. The federal aid program is absolutely crucial to what is actually getting designed, what is getting built, and all those right-of-way purchases to make those roads and those widening projects happen. And in some states, it is as high as 80%. And we have done the work where we look at those audited statements in the state budgets. Some states take their federal money, which there's an 80-20 match, They match it, and that is their entire capital program. Even states like California and Texas that we're talking about tonight, and again, we have done these reports, nearly half of all the construction spending in those states for highways and bridges comes from the federal aid program. And you think about how important those states are to our economy, that federal investment is key. And right now, this is, and that's why the structure of the federal program is so important, because states have to invest money on those key corridors that are part of that national economy, those roads that are carrying 85% of our traffic, that are getting goods from the port of L.A. or Seattle or New York to all the store shelves where we go to buy the latest gadgets. And we are in danger if we do not raise the federal gas tax. We are not investing enough, as my partner described, and we are gonna leave a system for future generations that is an economic drag. Uh, That's not fair. We've inherited a great system and we owe it to our children and the next generation that we make the investments and that we pay for them. That we're not bonding and using debt and we're using a straightforward way, increasing the user fee to pay for the system. And I would also add that people really value their mobility in this country. We did some polling last year. You know, we're not asking the right questions. It's not, do you want to pay more? in a gas tax. It's what are the benefits? What are you getting out of that investment? And we found that 75 to 80 percent of Americans told us that they value their mobility and their transportation system as much as their cell phone, their internet, their electricity, things that we use every day and that we just can't imagine living without. But there's a disconnect for folks understanding exactly what they pay for it. And For that reason and many others, as we've described, we urge you to support raising the gas tax so we can make those needed investments to help support our economy.
0: Thank you, Alison Black. The motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here, our final debater in this opening round, speaking against the motion, Adrian Moore. He is vice president of policy at the Reason Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Moore.
3: Well, I, too, thank all of you for coming out. I really appreciate it. Uh, i got to start with uh, Jalen's quote. Um, I am often asked in these interviews to say, well, what does the other side say? And that quote was exactly where they said, what does the other side say? I say, they say you either raise taxes or you let the roads go to hell. So it was actually a quote from me, but I have never advocated that position. (laughs) um, uh, But, you know, look. The one thing we all agree on is that this infrastructure is crucial. It's economically indisputable that it's central to, to our economy. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for transportation, we would all be making our own clothes, growing our own food, you know, we, it'd be subsistence living, right? Uh, so transportation is crucial. The debate here is, is the best way to fund the transportation we need in the future to just simply tax people for more money to go into the existing system? Or is it to figure out if we're making the best use of the money? And really what Steve and I are arguing is that we think there's a lot that can be done with the money that's already being taxed before we have to raise those taxes. Um, you know, we all – look, there's a lot of poster children for this problem. The Bridge to Nowhere probably being the single most famous one. Uh, you know, when, when you – the when the system of allocating money is politicized you will inevitably get money spent on projects that don't make a whit of sense and that's not what happens to most of the money but it only takes a little bit of that before people start to question the legitimacy of the money that's already there let alone the legitimacy of giving more money into a system that builds bridge to nowhere um there's a uh... a, a Fundamental question, I think, of are we getting the bang for the buck that we should be getting uh, from these systems? And I think it's also important to realize how much our priority for transportation has changed. If you look at state budgets from the 1960s, you will see not only were they collecting gas taxes and were their federal gas taxes being spent to build the interstate system still in the 60s but still under construction – Uh, But large chunks in every state of general fund revenues went to transportation. At that point in time, states were funding far fewer things and transportation was considered very important. That's long gone. Starting about 25 years ago, states basically eliminated most of their general fund spending on transportation and started relying more and more on the federal government to give them the money for their local and state projects rather than funding it themselves. Um, which is more of a problem today because so much of what we need now that the interstate system is largely built out uh, is new projects that are primarily state and local in nature. Steve mentioned this as well. Um, They may carry some interstate traffic, but on every interstate in America, most of the traffic is local. Most of the benefits of any new project are local, and the side benefits are, in, are the national trade, the truck traffic that moves the cargo around the country. So why shouldn't the uh, funding of those projects being, be at least predominantly local, if not entirely local, for a great many of these projects? The, the, the notion that it's easier to lobby the federal government to raise its gas tax and get the free money from Washington than it is to convince your own citizens to vote yes on a gas tax has really taken over in a lot of states. And it it engenders a culture of why don't we have other people pay for the things that we need. There's a lot of ways to get more bang for the buck. Uh, You know, Steve just gave the California, Texas example, which there's sort of like a cottage industry of comparing California and Texas. Uh, in, in lots of things, having lived in California, I, 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 I saw a lot of that, but, but just across the board, if you look at how much it costs each of the fifty states to maintain and build roads, there is a huge spread where you 've got the least efficient states are spending orders four or five, six times as much as the most efficient states, and the least efficient states are not trying to figure out what they 're doing wrong, <laughs> they're not, they just want more money. They're not trying to figure out how how can we build roads for the same price that the 10 most efficient states are. There's none of that going on. And I publish a report every year that makes that comparison, and I ask the bottom 10 states, are you going to try to move into the top 10? And they just say, no, your report's bogus because you can't compare states. Uh, So, you know, on it goes. There are many ways, uh, though, to get more bang for the buck. We see in Europe and Asia wide use of tolling and public-private partnerships to sort of backfill the user pays principle that the gas tax uh, served so well for so long. Uh, it's, it's, there are ways of building more with the existing revenue that we don't seem to want to touch very much in this country. Now, I will say Colorado relatively in, in the top handful of states in terms of using those kind of tools, but the vast majority of states don't use those tools and therefore spend a lot more than they need to uh, because it's easier to ask you for more money than it is to get more efficient. And finally, I think there's too much funding of things that people don't use. And there's a lot of ways to slice this, and I don't want to get into all of it right now. But, you know, there's, there, there are real fairness issues. You know, a Prius uses exactly the same amount of road to do a 25-mile-a-day commute as a Lincoln Town Car does. But a Lincoln Town Car is paying many multiples more in gas tax than that Prius is but not getting any more benefit from it so while there's many great things about Priuses and electric cars there is a problem that they are not paying for the roads that they're using with a gas tax system and as that technology continues to advance and as all of our cars get more fuel efficient all of us are going to be paying less for using more roads that are more expensive to build I mean that's not a sustainable system Um, We should be focusing more on the performance of the projects we build, not the political popularity of the projects we build, which tends to drive a lot of the allocation of resources, especially in Congress at the federal level, uh, not so much at the state level where things are a little closer to the road, so to speak. And Steve mentioned the the disparate problem of transit spending. I can't break that all down, but let's just say that the bottom, uh, the the. 20% 20% poorest population in the U.S., As much more. M- many more of them get to work by bumming a ride from a friend who has a car than by riding transit. People in New York don't realize what an aberration New York is in terms of public transit and at to that, the rest of the country. at that, Adrian Moore, I'm afraid I have to stop <laughs> <Thank> you. you.
0: <laughs> You're out of time. Thank you, Adrian Moore. And that concludes round one of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate where our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Now we move on to round two. Round two are where the debaters address one another directly and take questions from me and from you, our live audience here at the Kaufman Music Center in New York. Our motion is this. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. The team arguing for the motion, Shailen Bott and Allison Black, have made the case that transportation in this country is a public good, that the massive interstate highway system is absolutely the lifeblood of our economy, and that if left to rot, the harm would come to everyone. They say that the solution to this problem cannot be left to the states, that they cannot do it on their own, and that, by the way, the states are already doing more with less, which is the hand that they are dealt. They say that we are in danger of creating an economic drag on the next generation if we don't face up to the fact that the gasoline tax... Uh, needs to be raised, they propose ten cents a gallon, which would bring it up to twenty eight point four cents per gallon. The team arguing against the motion, the two Moors, Stephen Moore and Adrian Moore, they concede that the roads are critical to our economy. They concede that the roads are not in very good shape, but they, they say the problem needs to be solved locally, that infrastructure is primarily a local issue, that the interstate highway system is largely built, only costs about a penny Uh, a gallon of gas at present rates to keep it maintained. But basically they say that the gas tax is a tax that does not provide bang for the buck, that it's full of, uh, it's rife with inefficiencies, naming, for example, the fact that um, there's a huge spread from state to state and what it costs to actually build and maintain roads. That's indication of inefficiency. They say there are other solutions like toll booths and doing something about the unions. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the team that's arguing against the motion again, raising the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And we have a little bit of a philosophical argument. We also have some, some economic arguments that are made and some nuts and bolts arguments. But I want to go to the philosophical argument first, which is this, this matter of whether um, whether the highways in Seattle should be paid for by people who live in Florida right. and vice versa. You're arguing no but by saying that the local people... The main users of these roads should be the ones who pay for them and that the nation shouldn't be paying for the roads in Seattle. People in Seattle should be paying for them. I want to ask you this. Why, why are the roads different from defense, where there's a common good in that sense? Why, why break Seattle off from Florida? Why is, why is it a different problem from that of defense, for example?
4: Let's take Stephen Moore. Well, you know, defa- I, don't, I don't actually see the similarity. I mean, defa- there's, Look, there's no, I don't think there's any argument among any of us that if you're talking about the interstate highway system that connects us all, That should be paid for for with federal dollars because it is a national project. What we're talking about is most of the money that's now collected in the federal gasoline tax, which is why it should be largely repealed and and turned back to the states and let them – um, raise their taxes because most of the money is for local roads, and those roads, as as Adrian said, the, you know, eighty to ninety percent of the users are local. So the people who use it should pay for it. And just one last point: I mean, if you want to see the inefficiency, I mean, there there's so many examples of this. But you did mention the the uh, the bridge to nowhere, the bridge to nowhere in Alaska. I, I work for the. Stephen, Wall be, be,
0: before you go on to that point, and I will come back to it. and I will let you make it. I want to stay on this on, on actually the point of local versus uh, local versus. But this is
4: my this is this is related to this because okay, the it. reason the. Bridge to Nowhere was built is and by the way this is a project literally it was going to save sort of like 50 people and it cost like 400 I forget the number 400 million dollars people in Alaska never would have paid for that but it was paid for by, with federal gasoline. So my point is, I mean, that's an extreme example, but there are a lot of projects that are being built right now, especially transit projects nobody would ever build, except for they're built by people, they're paid for, but people aren't going to use it.
0: Let me go to your opponents to to stay on this point of of why Florida's roads should not be Oregon's responsibility and vice versa. Your opponents are saying because of who uses them, talking about that, not the interstate highway system now, but more local projects. Um, Which of you would like to take that?
1: So I'll just start really quickly. I think Shall your not. defense analogy is a great one. And that's why Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations said that there are certain public goods for which individuals cannot pay uh, and, and, and in self-interest would not pay a lot more. And so I agree from a self-interest standpoint. Seattle could say, well, we can raise a lot of money ourselves, or Utah can say, we're going to raise a lot of money ourselves, and that would lead to a, a balkanization of transportation. You would get states that are halves. And and haves-nots. I think the other other analogy here is the Northeast Corridor. There's $50 billion of deferred maintenance because nobody wants to pay for it along the Northeast Corridor. This is why you have delays in trains in the New York City area. This is why people sit in trains for a long period of time. And no state is going to step up and say, sure, tax us. Of course, we need a federal government to step in and provide that funding. So to me, of course, locals don't want to pay for things necessarily that benefit the nation. But there are National interests, an interstate system, a Northeast corridor, and defense—like you mentioned—that I think race to that level. Well, well, let me, let's go to response. The, the, from the fact uh, that, that the states Moore.
3: won't step up to pay for something doesn't mean that it has to be paid for. If they don't see the value, they don't see the value. If they see the value, they'll they'll fund it. I mean, that's sort of the problem. If if they're not funding projects where the value is obvious, that's the problem, not the fact that there's federal funding. I submit the opposite. I think you, as director of California, Cal, uh, uh, Colorado, Colorado DOT, would be much better off if the federal government was giving you from the federal gas tax a, f- a, a block amount allocation out of that for you to maintain the interstates that are in your state. And the rest of the system was you you controlled the revenue and you controlled the project selection. You didn't have all the federal strings attached and all that. You'd be much better off. All the states. Will so, well, so some governor, states so blow it? Back, maybe. Governor-
1: Governor Bramback in Kansas, our neighbor, is out there cutting taxes left, right, and center. Even Republicans in Kansas don't like all the tax cuts that are there. And if they chose to end the interstate funding, right, turn it over to the state— Kansas would say, we're not going to fund this anymore. The goods in Colorado, the people in Colorado would not be served from a national interest of having that interstate get to the neighboring state, and it just ends because the locals there decided, you know what, I
3: don't people want to fund it. People in Kansas it. would and suffer I, 9 I to 1 really to the Im- people in other states. I wouldn't Bayer. stand. Yeah, yeah, Allison I want to Bayer. clear
2: up what I think might be a misconception as well. States choose where they spend their money, and they are getting back funds that are in proportion to what the users in that state are contributing. The federal government is not saying you have to do this project or that project. The state makes that decision. The money is contributed by the users in that state.
4: Well, let me Steve give you an Moore. example of why you don't want that. That's exactly the problem, because the federal government... First of all, why in New York, why do you want to pay pay federal gasoline tax, send the money to Washington, D.C., where we have a vast bureaucracy of 10,000 people work at the U.S. Department of Transportation. We don't need virtually any of those people. Why wouldn't you rather just send it to here to Albany, right? And, and basically, you know, it's just basically this is the thing about Washington, D.C. You send your money to Washington, D.C. You send a dollar to us. We keep 20 cents out of the dollar and we send 80 cents back to you. I mean, Why would you want to do that? That makes no sense. Why wouldn't you want to keep the full dollar for yourselves? The four richest counties in America are outside of Washington, D.C. How did that happen, do you think? We don't produce anything in Washington. All we do is take your money and take 20% off the top. One other point to think about one of the most absurd transportation projects in the last, or policies in the last 50 years was something called the 55 mile per hour speed limit. Do you all remember that? When you couldn't drive? I mean, it made absolutely zero sense right? And, and states had to comply with that because of a federal law. And finally, back in the mid-1990s, we got rid of that law, and states were able to raise the—it's just one example of the kind right. of regulation right. to, that I, I, the federal I, government is imposing Allison on Black. states.
2: Yeah, I, this money is going towards the 25% of roads in this country that are vital to the economic health of what we're doing. It's not just the interstate that's important. That's 40,000 miles. But there are other roads that are connecting our airports, our ports, major cities. And the federal aid program provides an economic incentive that states make sure they are addressing those roads that have a spillover network effect. So yes, I would say absolutely there's an interest in supporting roads across the country in Seattle, the people in Florida, who might have goods that are being imported from those Wait, make, make
0: that point more specifically. Why is it of interest to the people in Florida that the, that the port and the roads in Seattle, you know, 3,000 miles away are in good shape?
2: Because our economy does not stop at the border. And the longer that goods are sitting in trucks on highways in congestion, the more it's going to cost when you go to buy that. And it's just an economic drag. Are
0: we seeing the coherence of that point? I want to put it to this this team to respond to that point, that in fact fact, there is a shared interest.
3: If you're assuming that Congress is enlightened and all-wise and they will always see the national interest and they will distribute the money in the way that will maximize our economy, first of all, you clearly come from Colorado and you've been smoking too much. Second, uh, you're. We like to not make personal attacks. Blah, blah. No, I'm not saying everybody from Colorado. <laughs> um, look, the, the, the notion, the, 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 the drive for the federal government to fill all of the needs out there, which are overwhelmingly, not exclusively, yes, there are federal, there's a very vital federal network, and the federal government should continue to help fund that. But that's not what the predominant list of needs out there is. The predominant list of needs out there is overwhelmingly more state and local. A federal gas tax is not needed to do that. And Adrian, it will be I, I, Adrian, much more wisely Adrian, spent at the Adrian, state level. let me life. just say I don't
0: feel that you've actually made a compelling response to to Allison's point about the fact that, that the movement of goods in Seattle
3: does have something to do with the people in Florida. I, well, I just said it does. Okay, every, every road that connects across states. Has something to do with the economy between of something course. to do, but most if you count the cars going on that road, the vast majority are Joe Blow going to the store, not goods moving through the national economy. So they yeah, should the way, be paying
1: for that road. Sorry, so let's not bring in people that? in Shailen, Florida. Shailen, back. <laughs> so a, a lot of things here. I mean, it, if. <laughs> if, if <laughs> You know, If you go on Fox News or Al Jazeera, wherever you go, it's, it's very easy to play to that audience and raise things like the bridge to nowhere. The reality is the mass majority of these projects get delivered on time and on budget. And you can point and you can cherry pick individual projects. And Joe Blow, when he goes to the store, if the good he's going to buy is sitting in traffic at the port of Long Beach or sitting in traffic or is, is, is not getting there, he's going to pay more for it, and that's why it costs money. But I do want to address the one thing that you, you – I think what you claimed in your opening statement was that your words were taken out of context, that you were actually arguing for the other position. Um, I will say that in your article Restoring the Highway Trust Fund from 2010 that you co-wrote, you did say <laughs> that even if we did all of the things that we talked about, the efficiencies, at least for the next decade or so, there is a clear case for increasing highway investment in America. Was that written by you
3: or was that written by your yes. co-writer at the I, time? we've been arguing for increasing investment in, in the infrastructure the entire night. So just, We started off supporting that. We're disputing what the best way to pay for it is. Right. We're saying no to a federal Hike in the gas tax,
4: not no to spending more money uh, on transportation and cities to raise the gas tax. And by the way, your argument, Allison, I I just think it's it's not a very strong argument because the same argument could be used again. You know, I live in McLean, Virginia. Should people in New York State pay for my police service? There's some ancillary benefits to the fact that that it's safer in McLean because we have police service. Stop right there. Stop right
0: there because it's a great point. I want to hear what Allison's response to. I want to hear your response to why are local cops different from local roads.
2: Yeah. Well, local roads are not supported by the federal gas tax. No, Well, okay, the roads you were I talking mean, about, the, the roads that serve not,
0: that serves ports and airports I mean, local locally. local
2: spending is a completely different thing, and, you know, half of all the spending in this country is, or, or on highways and bridges is by state and local governments. The other half, when you get to construction dollars, is the federal money. So, I,
1: I, I still like their point. I think it's an interesting point that you need to chew on a little the, bit the more. Police, the police, I mean, to me, that's a defense argument right? I, I think that there are certain things. Local police would not be something that people in New York City should pay for in McLean, Virginia. But all of us collectively as Americans have a an ability and a desire to expect protection mm-hmm. from the government for which no individual state would pay more. But it's the exact same argument and I would say that the military and transportation mm-hmm. are some of the things that Adam Smith has talked about. I think libertarians would agree that's one of the few that. things Look, they should do. I Adam Smith Colorado, said
3: it was a public good. He didn't say it was a federal public
4: right. good.
1: But, but, it, but when you say that, you, you, you seem to say that the federal government is unenlightened, right? Like, all these terrible politicians in, they in, in terrible. Congress.
4: But, <laughs> they are terrible. I have to right. yeah. But
1: look, here's and, the thing. They and I know would agree, they can't raise the federal gas tax, but they you're implying something Wait, wait, guys, this, let him talk. Not you're not implying. It, hold it, hold it, hold it. You're <laughs> implying <laughs> that the <laughs> Excuse me,
0: wait, I'm going to moderate now. <laughs> you're, you're going to
1: finish, and then we're going to go to... Okay. So, so Adrian. Y- you, I, I would agree that there's a lot of challenges in Congress, but implying that somehow that state and local elected officials do not suffer from some of these similar challenges and are somehow more enlightened is just not true. Adrian Moore.
3: And, and so is the opposite. <laughs> I'm just arguing that the opposite is also true to assume that all the states that we'd have states all over the country making disastrous transportation decisions if the enlightened federal government wasn't doing it for them is just not true. The ones who make bad decisions will quickly reap the economic consequences and change their ways. That's what tends to happen in a market economy. You see what happens to jobs. People start leaving the state, and you start changing your ways. That's what will happen. All right. I want to Meanwhile, move on. Projects, want to, want to on to a
0: different part of the argument that the side against made, which is the bang for the buck argument. They made the case yeah. that, that there's an enormous disparity state to state on the efficiencies of construction and that having putting, putting federal money in the hands of states that are going to spend the money so dramatically differently in terms of efficiencies is another argument against it. They talked about in some places it costs five times what it costs in other places to build a mile of highway. What about that? Let's take a...
2: I would say, yes, in some urban areas it does cost significantly more. You have issues of topography. You have issues with engineering, with the soil under the ground. There are many many reasons why roads are going to cost different amounts. Unless you are comparing the same project, I don't think you can really make that argument.
4: Yeah, the, the reason Moore. it costs so much more in California and Texas is just basically just labor costs and environmental rules and things like that. And the point is, if California wants more roads, they can, they can deal with those regulations that would allow them to. They don't really have an incentive to when the money comes uh, from Washington. And look, I, I'm not saying that, look, people in Congress are pretty stupid. I mean, and, but there are a lot of stupid state legislators too. But the point is, you can't ask not somebody, a, a member of Congress, to have any idea about whether a, a project should be built in Colorado Springs. Most of them have never even been to Colorado Springs. Why would you? And, and I would <laughs> simply make one other point. The reason, Allison, that you want a federal gasoline tax is you, your road builders, who will get all this money, they don't want to have to make their case in the state. They don't want to go to the local communities and have to make the case about we, these roads should be built or should not be built. So they'd rather do it in Washington, where a lot of the, look, let's face it, a lot of the politicians are, are bought and paid for.
0: It's this side's turn to talk. I know you both want to talk. I'll give you, I'll give you, Shailen, I'll, 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 I'll give you 15 seconds, if you can do it in 15 seconds.
1: And then uh, I'm, so You've you've talked a lot about the bipartisanship you you uh, or this uh, lack of bipartisanship. Your article, "Forging a Highway Funding Fiasco," from July, talks about a bill that's being pushed by Democrats and Republicans. (laughs) It's bipartisan. It's there's bipartisan support. Let's hear from Allison.
2: I just want to say a few things. First of all, Congress is not choosing which projects are being delivered. That is the choice of the state DOTs. They choose the projects. Congress is not. Making that decision, I want to be very clear about that. Then the other thing how, how is that highway, states are the, stepping up. We wait, have had fifteen. How did, the, how, did states the, how, how did we fund the?
4: Then how did we fund the bridge to nowhere in Alaska? That was, was. <laughs> your remarked, right? I mean, that was your remark by the federal government. We have had so,
2: so, fifteen so, states raise their gas tax in the last three years. You have had over six hundred fifty state and local bond initiatives. State and local governments are trying to do their part, but I think right. the part of the key thing is. How would you pay your mortgage today on a salary from 1992? The federal gas tax rate has not been raised in over 20 years. And asphalt, asphalt prices are up over 50%. All of these market drivers have – the cost of business has gone up. You can't expect to buy the okay, same this side, road. This
0: side gets two in a row.
3: Adrian Moore. Adrian Moore. People don't believe that, uh, that, that the current money going into the transportation system is being well used. Okay, there's not a lot of trust in the system. And the, the reason why is because uh, there, there's pretty obvious opportunities for bang for the buck. I mean, Steve mentioned, you know, the difference between California and Texas being driven uh, by, by labor and environmental rules and other things. I'd also point out that in California, the administrative costs per lane mile of road is almost three times what it is in Texas. That's purely a management and political decision. They just have too many people in the California Department of Transportation mm-hmm. uh, compared, uh, compared to Texas. Stephen Moore, you get 15 seconds if you want it.
0: Um. If you don't, I have a question for the other side. <laughs> I'm not. All right, here's my question for the other side. Your opponents have said that more fair, more equitable, and more efficient than a gasoline tax would be a toll booth, toll roads. The people who drive on the mm-hmm. roads pay for what they use with dollars, with cash. Uh, so this takes care of the problem that some people are driving Priuses and electric cars who are never buying gas, and it much more efficiently matches the user with uh, the user's pocketbook. What's your response to that, and why is that not a great solution?
1: It's a great solution. It's oh. unpopular, just like raising the gas tax. So, so in Colorado, we're we are deploying these managed lanes. Toll lanes, you know, public-private partnerships, it makes a lot of sense. But the public perception on these toll roads is that we're selling away a public asset so that some banker in a suit is now going to skim money off of it. And there's huge public resistance to it. And so I think that, you know, the mileage-based user fee, tolling, I think all of these are in agreement that we need to provide more funding. The the problem with the gas tax is just incredibly efficient, and it hasn't been raised in 20 years, and we should just raise it 10 cents the same way it would be if it had been indexed to inflation.
4: Well, first of all... 75% of Americans are against raising the federal gasoline tax. 3 out of 4 are Americans. So you've got a you've got a pretty big you know, job of persuading the American people. And I think it's because of the reason that Adrian said that people don't think the money's being spent very wisely. Now, I agree with you. I think tolling is a really efficient way. And, and I think it's probably the way of the future for all the reasons, you know, we've talked about earlier. For example, that you're going to have more and more fuel efficient cars. So gas taxes aren't going to be a very good way of getting the money. Um, but you're also right that there's a huge opposition to tolls, too. And I think the reason for that, and you know, more about this, I'll, I'll agree. I mean, I'll admit you know a lot more about this than I do. But I think the reason for that is people feel they're paying for it twice, that they have to pay a federal gasoline tax, and then they have to pay a toll on top of it. So if we reduce the federal gasoline tax, right, and people paid a toll, I don't think you'd see quite the same opposition. And maybe I'm wrong, Let's but that's my Let's to some audience
0: said. questions. Um, if you raise your hand, uh, I will call on you. Um, just to remind you, uh, I'd like you to be very terse and ask a question that's on the topic, that's on the motion. And when the mic comes to you, if you could stand... Just tell us your name. First name will be good enough, but we wouldn't mind having both, and then ask your question. So I'll come right down front here, second row, and the mic's coming from your right-hand side. Uh, hi. We've had, Can you tell sorry, us? My name is Woshimu Uh and uh, my question is, we've had a lot of questions, a lot of debate about us hanging together as a country state by state uh, that we've addressed really directly. I'm curious, uh, there seems to be some... Idea of us hanging together as well by class, uh, whether tolls are fair, uh, whether I—I uh, mean, talking about the the richness of McLean, et cetera, I'm wondering, is there an element to this that describes whether we as a country are going to go together as we build our infrastructure?
1: Let me take that question first to this side, Shalen Bott. I think it's a, I think it's a—it's a great question. And I think that is the purpose of a federal system. Uh, You know, the tolls in the New York City area, I think, are like $14, $15 to go over the bridges now, right? Like, that's... That's, that's pretty expensive. You want to have somebody, you know, taking a look at that to make sure that, that that is equitable. But I think most importantly, if you get, if you left this theater tonight and wanted to drive to Seattle, you would drive across an interstate system that is completely uniform. The exits are all marked the same. The signs are all the same. And that is the product of a federal system. And as we move into the technology world that we are embracing and that we are moving into, you want to make sure that if your cars, are, are on operating under technology, that that technology talks to you in New York, talks to you in New Jersey, talks to you in Virginia, that there is a federal system here. And on the fairness issue, uh, you know, this has to be paid for. I think that it's not popular. Gas taxes aren't popular. Tolls aren't popular. These roads have to be paid for. Adrian Moore.
3: Yeah, I think the, the integrative role of the federal government is something we all agree on. It's, it's whether the funding is most efficiently done through the federal government that that we disagree on in terms of equity. I mean, that is a great question because you know, as Bob mentioned briefly at the beginning, the gas tax is a quite regressive tax, um, and and it's tricky and, and to, to t- figure tolls out. Tolls would be a the same, Tolls would have the same problem. And, yeah. So you, any user fee that's directly charging for the, the use of the road uh, is uh, would be somewhat regressive. But if we were charging – we, charging by the gallon is increasingly regressive because, not surprisingly, the poor have less fuel-efficient vehicles than the wealthy. So studies like by Rand Corporation that look at the regressivity of the different ways of paying are showing that it's getting more regressive as we go forward. So we do need to replace the gas tax with something that's much more ref- – Fair and less regressive. I want to do another round on that question because what about
0: yeah. the fact
2: that
3: the tax is regressive? They just made a very compelling case.
0: Well, for I that. think
2: it also gets to the point of what is the outcome of this investment and how that is going to help people of lower income in the middle class as well. And even talking, to you you mentioned the people I represent; those are great-paying construction jobs that are supported by this investment. Those people spend their money throughout the economy. That ripple effect is four million jobs. So
0: you're saying yes, it's regressive, but it has a payoff down the road.
2: Well, absolutely. And I think the other thing, too, is that there was a study by Harvard that came out this past year that was very well done where they said that access to transportation was the single most factor that could impact a family's ability to get out of poverty and to earn and to go up and increase income.
0: Okay, I'm going to take another question. Sir, right in the back there. Oh. You can... Um, all be very robust with that applause. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> that, that, had, that, that last round had a little bit of golf tournament to it. Uh, so you can let go. Sir, go ahead. Uh, thank, thanks. My name is Ivan. Uh, I just want to address John's um, philosophical point. Um, look, the centers of productivity in this country are the cities, right? Um, that's where incomes are highest. The cities provide goods, services, tax revenue for all of us. So uh, to the, for instance, the Portland, Florida point, yes, it is in Floridians' interest to for Portland to have better transport infrastructure, even if Floridians don't use that infrastructure. Sir, I need, I need you to get to a question, even though you flattered um, my the, question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It almost the, worked. Um, but I need the, you to get que- to a question. The, 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 the question uh, is, could you all please address that issue, which is the issue of um, – supporting, you know, centers of economic activity. loci.
3: Let's yeah, I mean uh, we, we we've kind of been agreeing with that all along. We all agree that there is a benefit there's when you improve the transportation infrastructure in Portland, you get a huge benefit in Portland and you get some trickle benefits, maybe trickles too small of a word. You get some spillover benefits to the rest of the country. It's a huge benefit to Portland. They should be the ones who want to make that investment because they're going to reap huge benefits. The, you know, the, the poor working slob in Iowa, you know, that benefit is going to be re- trickle down. You know, many orders of magnitude before it gets to him. Does he really want to be ponying up twenty five percent of the share for those projects? No, it doesn't make any sense.
2: But again, he's House not ponying up twenty five percent of the share. It's the money the states are contributing through the User fee that they are paying in that state, and that's what they are getting back—that share. You're saying saying the federal government
3: doesn't provide about 25 percent of most states'
2: total spending.
4: Why would why would you want to send the money to Washington and have Washington send it back to the states if that's what you're doing? Because the the
2: incentive that then that money has to be spent on these key roadways that have the regional and national. Yeah, but, but that's you what can't we don't want. So you're saying Congress is
3: more enlightened. Let's yeah. hear Shailen
4: no, but Bat. No, no. That but that's decision. where you've got all the costly federal so, regulations. So let's hear, let's, Sh- let's hear Shailen Bat. Shailen yeah.
1: Bat, thank you. So, a couple of things. I think it's interesting. We're talking about regressivity and the impact of tolls and gas taxes on poor drivers, and yet we want to cut transit, which is disproportionately used by folks who can't afford cars. Right?
3: <laughs> who, who wants to cut transit? <laughs> to, and, we,
1: and, we want to
2: and, cut federal and, funding
3: of transit and have the cities pay for the transit yeah. projects in the cities.
4: So, it, 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 so And is.
3: that was what I was going to finish up with, was to say that you talk
1: about these uh, cities becoming the loci, right? Like the, the focal point of all this industrial growth. And that has been the migration, I think, and the shift in emphasis from building highways to building infrastructure and working with locals and working with these big cities to say, how do we address this? Because you don't need necessarily big highways. You know, you talked about... Let's get rid of the transit to Dulles. Let's just build one more lane. Well, that'll just induce more cars out there, and then we'll have a, a gridlocked
4: highway that's one more lane wide. Wow. If do you do you support? Let hold, hold, hold on, Stephen Moore. I mean, look, this is New York City, and people do, you know, half the people in this room or more use transit all the time here, and this is a congested city, and transit probably makes sense here, but most places it makes little sense. Seattle, you have, Minneapolis, look, you have, Denver. Denver. Let live without the transit. No, i no, the, the statistics on this. I mean, in a lot of cities, it would be cheaper to buy a chauffeured limousine service for poor people to get them to where they're going than to build these transit systems. They're so, they're four times, they're, they're billions of dollars. And, you, you know, you, when you talk about transit versus congestion, there is zero evidence, there's zero evidence, the transit reduces traffic congestion in most cities most people let me ask you a question would you support um, uh, subsidizing uh, nike sneakers because you know what more people walk to work than use transit so do you want to yeah, more people walk to work than use transit so maybe we should subsidize their sneakers
0: let's like get another question right oh.
3: <laughs> well you know what there's a there's a vital factual point on that question though which is for 25 years the major m- urban areas of this country have spent on average about 30 to 35% of all transportation funding in those cities on public transit which carries 2% right. of the travel the and the share of people riding transit has gone up zero right. fact, all of the growth in transit use since the great that. recession happened is in New York it swamps what's the flat transit use in the rest of the country Let's go to a question but. Hi I'm Katie um, as a young person living in a city, I would like to hear more about how you think increasing the gas tax would improve the environment, which is something I really wanted to
0: hear more about. And infrastructure is really important, but it can be expensive as the fare goes up every month. I think, I think it's relevant. I mean, let's, let's do a little bit on it because if we haven't touched on it. Would you like to take it first? Which side would like it first?
1: Uh, Shailen so So – uh, my wife used to work for the EPA. I love the environment, and I think it's a great I, – I love you. Uh, so I, I think it's I, – look, I, I think that raising the gas tax, 10 cents, you know, you know, people sometimes oppose widening projects, right? We have a major project that we're widening in, in Colorado right now. Thank you. Uh, Did you on the same flight? Um, But, uh, you know, look, when you have gridlock, right? Like I sat in traffic, a lot of traffic last night when I flew in at 11 o'clock, and all of those cars are spewing out, you know. So having congested roadways does not help the environment. I think that if you make things more expensive, people will do less of them. But I want to go back to this transit
4: example. No, 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 no. no. I want these guys to respond to the question. (laughs) I will obey your rules. Stephen Moore. You know, look you know, we've had this whole discussion. I think we all agree cars are a good thing, roads are a good thing. I think all four of us agree on that. But there's a war against the car in this country. There's a war going on at the PA against that wants to get people out of their cars, which is the most liberating invention that was ever made, and force people to take transit and other things. And I would simply say this, you know, we're moving in the cool thing about this age we're living in right now. We're having a debate about how people used to transport themselves 50 and 100 years ago. We're going to move in five to ten years, when we're done with this meeting, everybody's going to go on their, on their uh, you know, uh, iPhone and they're going to call a Google car and there are going to be a hundred Google cars lined up. They're going to take you wherever you want. They're all going to be synchronized. All these problems with congestion can go away. Why? We're, we're, we're still building systems. So, Stephen, Stephen systems. To, to the so,
0: question, there's so, a question about whether yeah. the gas tax discourages extreme uh, – uh, encourages more
4: conservation. It, yeah, sure. If you tax something, you get less of it. But but what okay. I'm saying is, you know, we, we people are using less gasoline right now. I mean, there's a
3: scale effect. But, but though. But the I gas tax is know? a very small it's effect. The gas price, price has a huge effect. March price. March. Price a huge effect. Yeah, it's not a big deal. driving exactly. more efficiency and less emissions. Not a big
0: deal. It turns out to be okay.
1: Ilona Namath, can you hear me? Yes. Ilona
2: Namath, I think it was Mr. Bat's opening comments. He raised two points that I didn't hear much about. One was you mentioned airports, coming into the airports, and I didn't hear anything about how the federal gas tax would impact airport terminals and runways or if you only meant the roads connecting them. And the second thing is you referenced haves and have-nots, and it sounded like you think there's a long-term issue with high-population states versus low-population states' road infrastructures if we move to less of a federal tax. Okay,
0: I want to choose just one of those questions. Let's choose the second question.
1: Uh, so the EPA is not engaging in war on cars. Millennials are choosing not to buy them. Uh, I'll come back to your point in terms of haves and have-nots. The challenge with what they're proposing is let's, you know, let's devolve, let's get rid of the Federal Highway Administration, and let's turn it over to states and locals. So for in Colorado, for example, the 18.4 cents federal gas tax, if they devolved it. We said, let's get rid of the feds. The people of Colorado would have to vote on that. And we already know the gas taxes are not very popular. So you could literally end up with a situation where we'd lose $600 million a year of our federal funding that would go to our roadways because the people have spoken and it's not popular. Now, that would mean that Colorado, as compared to Utah, which is a pretty enlightened red state that invests massive amounts of money in infrastructure and has very little traffic and great roadways uh, would turn into a have state, and a high-population state like Colorado would be left without. States like Montana, Delaware, these are lower-population states. They need transportation systems as well because goods may not necessarily be generated there, but they move through
3: those states, and that's why it's important that all all states have good roads.
0: Fascinating answer. Let's see what your opponent's response is.
3: uh, Adrian Moore. Again, it, it comes down to this... This belief that there, people will make bad decisions and and simply wallow in them to the, to the detriment of everyone else I, it, that doesn't happen in anything else that is managed at the state and local level um, if, if that were true, we would we, we, we would have better policing if it was federalized uh, because then then we would have this this consistent decisions across the country, but we don't have that um, I think that the state and local governments they're they're looking at the benefits of transportation projects You brought up, Allison brought up the benefits should drive these discussions. Uh, we're not talking about the question before us is not eliminating the Federal gas tax. It's should we increase it by 10 cents? We're saying no you should not increase the Federal gas tax by 10 cents because we have not exhausted the possibilities of solving our transportation problems by doing things like having State and local governments step up more rather than lobbying the Federal Government to raise the Federal gas tax, gas tax and give them the money without having to go to the people and get the approval.
0: Actually I, I want to take your point what you just said as your your thesis, your your opponents haven't responded to directly, which is that you have not exhausted other ways to solve the problem other than... So is that true? How, okay, I'm not asking for the absolute, have you exhausted all possibilities, but do they have a point that there are many, many, many more efficiencies that can be found in other ways to
1: approach it? So I have run two state DOTs, right? I have a $1.3 billion budget. In Delaware, I had almost a billion dollar budget, 3,000 employees. Uh, the idea that you raise that we're not looking for more efficient ways to do things is... is uh, I like you so it's but i find it to be like an insulting one and and let me let me also like just explain something here when those federal dollars come in and oh it's a terrible federal government and the states and locals make better decisions and you're your, your premise that state and locals don't make mistakes or that they, they, they are somehow much better than lo- – I think that lots of people would say that. But the way those federal dollars get apportioned in Colorado is we have metropolitan planning organizations, MPOs made up of local local officials who come together to say, let's vote together. And I have implemented prioritization. We took a, a software called Decision Lens and ranked all of our projects. I have we're – de- we're deploying P3s. We have done all of the things that you're talking about. It doesn't solve the problem unless we get more money into the system. And, look, I am agnostic as to whether it's the federal government, states, or locals, but the reality is the federal gas tax is efficient, and we should raise it.
4: Just, response? You know, this more. idea that – look, here's the point about local financing. I live in a community. We needed a new road. You know, we needed a road because we we had a lot of congestion. There were new houses built. We didn't we didn't all come to Washington, D.C. and lobby our congressman. That would be stupid. I mean, you know, we basically went to our your community and to our city council and, and said, look, we need this road, and and that's how things get done in America. You don't want to have to have all these decisions made by the federal government. I mean, that's what happened in McLean, and, and By Virginia. the way, I, we got the road built. We got stop signs where we wanted them to do. Could you possibly imagine that happening if you had a, you know, if, when the federal government is making all these decisions? point is the federal government is making way too many of these decisions already.
2: I was going to say, I think the structure of the federal program is key as well, because you have to spend primarily most of that money on capital outlays. So you are ensured that that investment is going towards making improvements, that construction right-of-way and engineering. Less than 20 percent of state gas tax revenues, which states collect, the motor fuel uh, Mm -hmm. tax that you pay to the state, less than 20% of of that is going towards capital outlays and maintenance.
0: Okay, I want to move on to something that we call the volley round. It's a two-minute round in which each (laughs) debater gets 30 seconds to answer a very specific question. It goes from one side to the other. They can only talk for 30 seconds, and they are silenced by this bell (laughs) when the bell comes. And I want to clarify... Um, Stephen Moore, did you, in your opening statement, propose a five cent cut in the gas tax, yes. or a cut in the gas tax down to five cents?
4: I said <clears throat> we could we could fund the federal interstate highway system, by and, and still cut five cents a gallon of the gas tax at the federal level, and then let states okay. raise the digital Okay. So here's what I want to do with this 30 seconds. I
0: want to I want to put before the debaters your proposal that the system can be sustained even with a 5 cent cut in the federal gas tax why that's true and why that's a good thing your 30 seconds starts now you
4: mean, I, I i'm sorry I don't, I, don't why is it a, I don't understand the question i
0: want no, you no, to defend no, no. i want you to i want you to elucidate Your argument that a five cent cut is doable and in the long run a good thing.
4: So basically what would happen is everyone in this room who lives in, most of you live in New York, instead of sending five cents a gallon to the federal government, now you'd be able to keep that money, right? It wouldn't go to Washington, it wouldn't support 10,000 people who work in the U.S. Department of Transportation and you can then decide here locally you know, Albany can raise their gas tax to pay for your roads and I'm making the case that would be a much, much more efficient system than we have right now and you get more roads, you get a lot more bang for your and Washington, D.C. would the, be the big loser in that, and that's a good thing. Adrian Bott. I'm sorry, Shailen Bott. Shailen Bott. What am I,
0: I? You're responding
1: to that point. I have a billion dollar a year shortfall in Colorado. One billion dollars a year. So if you cut my federal program by five cents, which would be about forty uh, percent, uh, I would have a one point two billion dollar a year shortfall no, in Colorado. Your gas yeah, you can't and, wow. talk. I mean, <laughs> and so, so to me, and these are important projects that save lives, that save lives, reduce congestion, and save Americans money. So let's do the right thing. Let's raise the
3: gas tax by ten percent. A five cent cut. Uh, is, is ludicrous. <laughs> Adrian Moore. Uh, I haven't crunched the numbers on the five-cent reduction, but we have crunched the numbers on if the, if the federal government simply confined its current 18.5 cents gas tax to funding the, interst- the maintenance and improvement of the interstate system, what would the states have to do? On average, most states would have to increase their state gas tax by two to five cents per gallon to make up that that funding for the projects that are predominantly state and local in nature. And that seems pretty reasonable. Allison Black.
2: It is not enough in investment, and we are way behind. Bob Poole at the Reason Foundation did a report last year looking at just the needs to fully fund the interstate system and make the repairs that we need, just the interstate. It was about $1 trillion. Not billion, one trillion. That is the work that is needed on the interstate system alone.
0: And that concludes our volley round. And that concludes round two of this Intelligence Squared US debate, where our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. There is was one, um, one thing I needed to say uh, for the uh, radio uh, broadcast that I neglected to say, so I'm just going to record it now. I need you to not giggle as I begin saying it because uh, it's anachronistic at this point, but here we go. Control yourselves. I want to remind you that we are in the question and answer section of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan, your moderator. We have four debaters, two teams of two, debating this motion, Raise the Federal Gas Tax to Fund Infrastructure. Thank you for your patience. (laughs) Now we move on to round three. Round three, closing statements by each debater in turn. This will be their last chances to try to get you to vote with their side. These statements are uninterrupted, and they are two minutes each. And here making his closing statement in support of the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, Shailen Bott, Executive
1: Director for the Colorado Department of Transportation. So I I appreciate everyone listening tonight. And I'm going to close with uh, a a call to raise our gas tax by 10 cents. And I think there's a lot of agreement, you know, between us on things that we can do. And I'm saying that in my experience in running two of these state DOTs, we've done a lot of these things, and there is still a shortfall. And I want to close with a story. So in 1988, my dad took us back to India. Uh, I was born in Canada. My dad decided to take us to India. He, He took us for a lot of reasons, but I think he wanted to impress upon us how lucky we were to grow up in the first world. And my, you know, my memory of that visit in 1988 is landing at this airport in Ahmedabad, and uh, it, going to the airport, it was like the single-story structure with bars in the window instead of glass, and bouncing around on these roadways around the state of Gujarat that were two lanes and were likely the relics of uh, the British colonization. Right. And uh, it wasn't a pretty sight in 1988. I went back representing the Federal Highway Administration in 2010. And that single story airport was this modern gleaming glass and steel structure, which is probably the nicest airport I've ever been in in the entire world. And those two lane roads, they've been replaced by four lane roads that are carrying goods and services around India. India, China, Brazil, the EU, they're all making significant investments in their transportation system, not because they want to compare to us, but because they want to compete with us. And there are there's a global war for jobs right now, and our transportation system in the 20th century provided a backbone for this country's economy. We inherited that system. We have not invested in that system, and that system is failing. We owe it to the children that are here tonight. We owe it to the children of the people who are listening to turn over to them a system that will allow them to compete in the 21st century, and that is why we should follow the words of Ronald Reagan. We should follow the words of Adrian Moore. We should follow the words of our side and call for a $0.10 increase in the gas tax. It is not popular, but it is the right thing to do. It is our duty. Please join us in this. Thank you. Thank you, Shailen Bach. And the
0: motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here making his closing statement against the motion, Adrian Moore, Vice President of Policy at the Reason Foundation.
3: Thank you all. Um, I'm reminded of the old joke, you know, when you're leaving tonight, those of you who are driving, please drive carefully. Uncle Sam needs all the taxpayers he can get. Um, You know, look, we all agree we have these big needs. Shailen quoted uh, our report that looked at how much transportation infrastructure we're going to need in the future and did not conclude that we need to raise the gas tax, but instead looked at how we can pay for building all of that with uh, more sensible means. So the question really is, is the best thing to do in the face of uh, uh, more infrastructure needs to tax everybody more and continue to do things the way they've always been done, or is the best way to figure out how can we do better at providing this infrastructure with the money that we're already collecting? You know, We're getting more for our phone purchase, more for our computer purchase, more for our home purchase, more for everything we buy, we should be getting more for, from our transportation system too. So we don't need to raise the federal gas tax to get more. We need to focus on getting more bang for the buck, so to speak. That's why you know, we more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> do, uh, you know? Do I submit that most, pe- most most of you don't have any idea how much you pay per year in gas tax? Most people in America don't. We've done a lot of survey. And man on the street kind of use the, the people's beliefs about what they pay in gas tax varies widely. People don't know. They don't know where the money goes. They don't have a lot of trust in the system. We should be focusing on uh, getting that understanding, getting that transparency, getting that willingness to invest in the system before we take the money. Um, and finally, should we be doubling down on a system that was invented before World War II when technology is changing so fast? Should we increase funding in a system that is so ancient and rapidly becoming obsolete, or should we focus those energies instead on figuring out how do we fund the future transportation with a future transportation funding mechanism, not just throwing more money into the same old system? Thank you. Adrian Moore. Our motion is raise
0: the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure and here making her closing statement in support of the motion, Allison Black, Chief Economist for the American Road and Transportation Builders Association.
2: The challenge is that as users of the system, we are going to pay for it one way or another. We will either decide to increase the gas tax, make the investment that way, improve our road and bridge system, or we will pay for it by sitting in congestion, paying more for our goods and services. And what struck me, last year I did a report on New Jersey. And you know, I work with a lot of numbers and I was trying to quantify in some way. You know, New Jersey's average commute time is ten minutes higher than the national average. And that really got me to thinking because I've been with ARPA for 15 years. And during that time, my commute has gone up easily by ten minutes each way. And when I added that up, that is 40 hours a year. And as I said, I work with a lot of numbers, but that really struck me. I have four young kids at home. I would gladly pay 25 cents a day, which is the cost of raising the federal gas tax by 15 cents to the average driver. We are talking about a quarter a day. I would gladly pay that much more if it meant that I had to spend less time commuting in traffic and more time with my family or doing whatever i would choose to do. And i think when you ask most americans if they would make that choice, not to raise their tax, but to increase their investment in this network that is so important to our national economy and so important to future generations that most people and would be willing to do that.
0: Thank you Alison Black. The motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, and here making his closing statement against the motion, Stephen Moore, Distinguished Visiting Fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth.
4: The last time we raised the federal gas tax in 1982, uh, traffic congestion went up. It didn't go down. In fact... It's interesting. I'll just tell you a quick story. Um, about four months ago, I testified before the Senate Finance Committee on this very subject of should we raise the federal gasoline tax. There were probably two hundred people in the room. Um, I was the only person who was testifying against raising the federal gasoline tax. Every single other group there, the road builders were there, the civil engineers were there, the unions were there, all of the groups that basically get this money that, that you know wanted it because this is what enriches their coffers. And what was interesting about that was none of these groups talked any, not one iota. And in fact, I'd say this about about our opponents on this. Have they mentioned one way that we could be more efficient in the way that we spend our dollars? No. I mean, it's all, basically the line of all the groups that, want, that were for more gas taxes, give us more money, more money, more money, more money. No way, no talk about how to make it more efficient, how to more, make it more effective. We just want to spend more and tax more. And I would submit to you that approach in every area in Washington is what has created, uh, you know, a bloated federal system that's borrowing nearly a trillion dollars a year and bankrupting our country. As, as far as this point about reducing congestion... Allison, I, too, face a long commute. I live in Washington, D.C., as you do. If I believed, if I sincerely believed that raising the gas tax by 5 or 10 cents a gallon was going to reduce congestion in Washington, D.C., I'd come over there and hug you, and I would say, hell yes, I'm going to pay that money. But I have no faith whatsoever that this money that we're going to raise in the federal gasoline tax is going to reduce congestion because it just hasn't done it before. We're not very efficient in spending it. And the final point I'll make is I made this point before. We can get an extra bridge, we can an extra road built for every four we, we build by just getting rid of the Davis-Bacon Act. So we get rid of that. We have less congestion. We have a better transportation infrastructure system. Let's start by doing that. Thank you, Stephen Moore.
0: And that concludes closing statements. And now it's time to learn which side you feel has argued the best. We're going to ask you again to go to the keypads at your seat and vote for the second time. Same system as before. Take a look at the motion. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. If you support the motion, push number one. If you oppose it, push number two. If you became or remain undecided, push number three. And I'll give that about 15 to 20 seconds for you to complete. Before we lock it out. Okay, it looks like everybody's done. We're, we're about two minutes away from getting the results, so in those two minutes, I just want to say this. I'll be very honest that, that back when we crystallized a debate with motion language that had the word infrastructure in it, I never imagined that things would get so crazy uh, on, the, on the stage here uh, and be so passionate, you know, with accusations of quoting people out of context and assertions that somebody on the panel actually inhaled. Uh, LAUGHTER I, uh, I want to say, though, that uh, I thought the spirit and the energy and the, the civility that you all showed one another as well as a sort of robust competition was exactly what we're looking for in these debates. So I want to thank all of you for what you brought to the stage here. Also, uh, thank you to everyone who asked a question. They were all superb tonight, and they really moved the debate to a better place. So thank you for your questions. I'd like to mention that um, uh, Intelligence Squared is actually a philanthropy. We produce this podcast. I've talked about it several times tonight and the radio broadcast. We have huge audiences out there now. Um, I'm running into people all the time uh, who, are, who hear my name. And, you know, I've worked for ABC for a long time. I, I'm literally getting more, you know, hey, you're that guy from the Intelligence Squared podcast in the last couple of years than from ABC. And... Uh, the, th- the fact is, though, that we give it away for free. Um, we, we do all of this. Uh, we bring all of these debaters to New York. We put on, at this point, 111 debates. And doing that, we actually depend on supportive donors. So this is the commercial. Um, we have a website website. Uh, where, if you are moved to, we would love it if you could go to our website and make a donation to our organization. Even the small ones really do count. And the ticket prices, the ticket sale prices, don't come anywhere close to funding what we do. So we would really appreciate it if you would make that consideration and assist us in continuing to help Intelligence Squared going. And to all of those who have already made contributions, large and small, we have uh, only to offer you our sincere thanks. Our next debate is going to be here in New York. I'm sorry, our next debate in New. York- York will be on November 18th. The motion is Central Banks Can Print Prosperity. Uh, Among our panelists, we're going to have a former IMF chief economist and a former official who helped to execute but then later denounced the quantitative easing program at the Federal Reserve. But before we do the New York debate, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. next week, November 2nd, George Washington University debating the use of smart drugs. By that, we mean drugs that uh, that students are taking off-label like Ritalin to improve, not because they have attention issues, but they take them as a competitive advantage um, to focus their attention. And the question is whether this is ethical or not. It's a a big issue on campus, and we're going to look at whether it's cheating uh, or whether the benefits actually outweigh the risks. Then we're going to be in Chicago on November 10th at Northwestern University School of Law, debating whether prosecutors have too much power. Again, tickets for all of our debates are available through our website. Okay. Okay. So the results are in now. Once again, the motion is this. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And again, the way our debates work is that the team whose numbers have moved the most between the first and the second vote will be declared our winner. So let's look at the first vote. On the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Before the debate, polling the live audience in here in New York, 51% agreed with the motion, 10% were against, and 38% were undecided. Those are the first results Let's look at the second results The team arguing for the motion Raise the federal gas tax To fund infrastructure First vote 51% Second vote 66% They picked up 15 percentage points That is the number to beat Let's see the team against the motion Their first vote was 10% Second vote was 23% They pulled up 13 percentage points Not quite enough The team arguing for the motion Raise the federal gas tax To fund infrastructure Declared our winner Our congratulations to them Thank you for me, John Donvan, and Intelligence Squared US. We'll see you next time.